0: Well, g'day and welcome and how are you, everybody? It's uh, great to be with you on this Wednesday for us at the moment. If you're watching later, it's great to just be together. Uh, we're super excited to launch into this week's Deep Dive. And uh, we this week have myself, I'm Caleb. We have Kerry here and we got actually Josh. He's hiding up in a different spot rather than in stage. Say g'day, Josh. Hello. <laughs> so we are... We, uh, We're super lucky that he's super talented and knows how to do many things at once, unlike some of us, but uh, it's so good to be together. We're super excited to look further into Mark 9 together. Um, Pastor Simon, he put together an awesome sermon for us on Sunday, and we're super excited to explore some of that. Uh, So, but first things first, let's pray together. Let's welcome the Spirit into our life so we can uh, get a better understanding of what's to be said. So Lord God, we just thank you for this time. We thank you for this opportunity. We pray the words jump off the page and into our hearts. We pray the Spirit comes and convicts us and changes us and we welcome you into this space. Amen. Remember, if you have any questions, please do throw them through into the chat. We're keeping an account of people that are talking in it. So we're going to try our best to answer those and uh, we will uh, start to engage with them as well if they come through. But Let's jump into the scripture, how good. It is Mark 9 verse 14 through to 29 and it's Jesus heals a boy possessed by an impure spirit. When they came to the disciples, they saw a great crowd around them and some scribes arguing with them. When the, crowd, when the whole crowd saw him, they were immediately overcome with awe and they ran forward to greet him. He asked them, what Are you arguing about with them? And someone from the crowd answered him, Teacher, I bought you my son. He has a spirit that makes him unable to speak. And whenever it seizes him, it dashes him down and he foams and grinds his teeth and becomes rigid. And I asked your disciples to cast it out, but they could not do so. He answered them, you faithless generation, how much longer must I be among you? How much longer must I put up with you? Bring him to me. And they brought the boy to him when the spirit saw him immediately he convulsed and the boy and he fell on the ground and rolled about foaming at the mouth and jesus asked the father how long has this been happening to him and he said from childhood it has cast him into the fire and into the water in to destroy him but if you are able to do anything have pity on us and help us jesus said to him if you are able all things can be done for the one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out, I believe, but help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, Your, you spirit that keeps this boy from speaking and hearing, I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. After crying out and convulsing him terribly, it came out and the boy was like a corpse, so that most of them said, he is dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he was able to stand. When he had entered the house, when he entered the house his disciples asked him privately, why could we not cast it out? He said to them this kind can only come out only through prayer. Wow. What a reading. Now Kerry, halfway through that uh that reading, you, you brought your mic up because you looked like you wanted to interrupt. What what was uh, that that stood out to you so badly?
1: Uh, it was right at the start. Right at the yeah. Very begin- yeah, right at the very beginning. Um as soon as the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. And I think it was because he's just come down from the mountain where he's been transfigured mm-hmm. and some of that glory is still shining out of Jesus and they they recognized it. We yep. were overwhelmed. Yeah. And, and it
0: makes sense, doesn't it? There's this continuity that comes through as we've been finding, we've been reading, and, and because we're going through stage by stage, we're actually realizing, oh, this is because of the previous part. And they've just come down from the mountain with the transfiguration. And so it makes sense that there's this awe. There's this awe that they see Jesus in this light because he's been affirmed. He's been told. He's been made, seen by the two disciples that were with him. This is my son. Do as he says. Mm. Uh, and, and it's beautiful that now the crowd also recognize yeah, this.
1: Yeah, there was something about Jesus that, that made the people... Um, so I think one of the versions says that they stood back because there was something different about Jesus. Yeah,
0: That's great. That's really good. So we were, we were looking at it before and we were talking about actually what, what uh, are some things that stand out to us? And we, we both noticed, and uh, Josh, we think maybe you heard this too and agreed with us, uh, there's this part right at the start and it's, you unbelieving generation, Jesus replied, how long shall I stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy to me. You know, so often I think, and, and for me, we, we kind of had some similar thoughts, but we had different ideas too. There's this aspect of unbelief. It helped, like, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. And really I was think, how much is it that we limit God with our faith? And we can try and confine him in the box that we understand. You know, what is it that we can hold to? What makes sense in our world? Because we can't consider the things that don't make sense and actually allow God to input into that rather than being like, well, God is the one that created this. He breaks all the rules of this creation and and I'm putting my faith in everything that I can't do. Um, Yeah.
1: And so many times Jesus said your faith has made you well. And yep. then there was there was one village that he went into and he didn't perform many miracles because of the faithlessness of people. So it's not that we are, are stopping God. It's not that we're constraining God. It's that God is saying, well, without faith, I'm not going to share this beauty, this wonder, this awe because it's not about the signs and wonders. It's not like a circus trick. Yeah. Um, It's about me.
0: mm, And it's it's almost like they're not going to recognize why the miracle happened, which if we look through them, Jesus says it's to display the glory and the power of the Father, isn't it? You know, it's never for the sake of healing someone, which it's great that they do get healed, but it's actually for the glory of the Father and for a revelation of Him for the people that actually He does this stuff and, and that's why miracles happen. And, you know, some practical examples I wonder is, you know, maybe why we don't see healing as such is maybe because we limit our understanding to surgery, medicine, uh, and we can't actually consider what it might be. We don't necessarily have the faith or we limit our faith to these ideas. And so our object of our faith becomes something that we can hold.
1: Absolutely. And, And even the idea that when we hear what happens to this little boy, We recognize it as epilepsy Um, and I'm not not saying that all epilepsy is a result of an evil spirit but in a way we've discounted the spirit world. We discount it in terms of the glory of God and we discount it in terms of the effect that Satan is having in the world and the effect that evil spirits are having. Mm. We don't want to look at it that way. And so we see medicine and we see medicine as the way to go and we forget that there's a spirit world. And that a lot of the things that are happening are caused by evil spirits. Not to yep. say that people aren't physically sick or, or, you know, mentally sick. But some of it is also spiritually based.
2: Mm. And I think it's for us humans, for us to comprehend what, you know, what was going on. We have to put it into the human world. You know, it's yeah. absolutely the the is how our brains can understand it. Yeah,
0: that's our box that we can understand. That's a, the categorization that makes sense. A- and this is this is what I kind of mean when, like you're a- touching on there, Josh is. The box that we understand is the worldly realm. We don't understand the spiritual realm because it's kind of taboo even to talk about it like as a sermon, you know, or as a a a teaching series.
2: This time when uh, we're in October.
0: Yeah. 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 (laughs) (laughs) And and so…
1: And and one of the spiritual gifts is the discerning of spirits. Mm. So, you know, the Holy Spirit wants to give us that ability to discern when it is a spiritual issue, when it's a physical issue and what to do about it and how to go about it. Um, Yeah.
0: Yep. That's so good. Well, we, we it's this great conversation, but there's a few things we wanted to touch on this morning. There's a, there's a lot of good stuff in this reading, and, and we almost need to do second deep dive. Um, <laughs> but but what there was something else that you were saying regarding this faith stuff. If we're moving on about the four legs, Kerry, do, yeah. do you want to talk about that for a bit?
1: Yeah, well, I, I was thinking about about faith and about how. Uh, so many times Jesus said your faith has made you well yep. and how it says in Hebrews that you can't please God without faith. And I know that there have been times in my life when I've been, you know, praying for something, somebody's been sick and so people have told me, well, have faith and, and they will be made well. And then they haven't been made well. In fact, they've died and, and so people have said to me, well, you didn't have enough faith
0: Such a shocking lie too.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You didn't have enough faith. And maybe that was true. Maybe I didn't have enough faith. So it made me think, well, you know, as this father is so desperate for his little boy to be healed and he recognises that he believes something of Jesus but not enough, I suppose. Mm. And so it got me thinking about what the nature of faith. And if you say to somebody, well, just have more faith, how do you go about that? It's not like you can go to the store and buy it. Um, yeah. And it is a gift of the Spirit, but I think it's also something that as Christians, we need to work through. And I think there's like three aspects of it. And the first one is that we need knowledge. Unless we know who God is, we can't have faith in Him. We need to know that He created the world, like you said, that Jesus came and died for our sins. That we need that knowledge to understand what we're going to believe in.
0: And I think a lot of the time we think that faith is a, a an awareness of a spiritual realm that is based on emotion.
1: Yeah.
0: But really it's the pairing of emotion and understanding and, and the intentional thoughts surrounded in why you believe what you believe that pairs with the understanding of the movement of your spirit and your heart which actually drives faith and it's the balance of both emotion and understanding as you say yeah
1: god did say to love love him with all our heart and all our mind so he wants our minds engaged so he wants us to understand who he is and what he's doing in the world Mm. and then the second one is that we need to then um Agree to that. We need to believe in that. Okay, so I know who God is now. I've got that information. But now I'm going to believe that it is all true that Jesus did die for me, that God sent his son, that all my sins are forgiven because of Jesus, and I believe it. And then.
0: Well, just before you go to the third one, it's so true. We talk about this a bit, you know, in New Beginnings here, and we've used it a few times in sermons. It's not just about the size of your faith, but the object of your faith. You know, and either way, if you have faith, it's going to get you to a destination. It's just about how much you enjoy the ride. You know, we use that analogy of a plane, someone that's scared and gets onto the plane and someone that's been on a plane a hundred times, well, they're both going to get to the end point. But the difference is the one person actually enjoys the ride. The other is nervous the whole way through. And so as we start to own the, the journey of Jesus being our Savior, Lord, provider, sustainer, a king, brother, you know, all those different attributes we have of Jesus. And as we start to live a life with those enforced in our lives, these truths that you're saying, it actually starts to uh, become more enjoyable of a journey that we live in this life. Yeah. It's good.
1: Amen. And so then the third thing is we need to put it into practice. So we need to actually place our trust. So I was thinking about Nehemiah, for example, who felt like he wanted to, that God was telling him to rebuild the wall of Jerusalem. So he didn't just pray to God, just rebuild that wall, Lord. And God could do that. But he actually got the resources together. He got the people together. He put together a program and he physically rebuilt it, trusting that God was going to help him in that process. And so I think there's those three aspects of faith, the knowledge, the belief, and then the actual action where you, you, you follow through and you, you step out in faith.
0: So good. And it's almost that application, isn't it? You know, and that's where we come back to a lot and we think, well, if we use this as an example, what do we actually do? How do we actually step out? Um, yeah. And that's the question maybe that we leave here with this part of the topic is, how do we take some of those steps when when do we do that
1: yeah yeah what is the next step for me Mm. in terms of my faith journey with the lord and we can always ask that at any time Mm. you know where am i not trusting you lord where am i like this father who i believe this part of you i don't quite believe this part i haven't reconciled this aspect of your nature um
0: so so what are some practical examples in your life that you're doing at the moment which actually Uh, facilitate some of those actions. For me, currently, while you think about it, Josh, you too, while you think about it, what, what some of the things I'm doing is each morning that I wake up, I have a significant spot, I make myself a coffee, everyone that knows me knows I love a coffee, wake up, go into this spot and spend the first half hour in the day with I call it my coffee with God time. But the idea isn't just to have a coffee and sit down. It's in that moment, be intentional with some sort of practice. Everyone that knows me would also know that I'm not the best with routine. So trying to enforce some of that routine, some of that daily discipline, which we're going to get to one of these points later, actually, which Jesus talks about, but that's not the point for the segue. To actually sit there, pray, be deliberate. Maybe it's listen to worship music. Maybe that's one of my things I'm doing at the moment and that might be applicable to people listening in. What are some things that you're doing?
1: One of, one of the things that I've been trying to be more uh, committed about is praying and fasting. So good. And I'm not very good at fasting. Uh, <laughs> so I've been trying to fast and pray and, uh, and, and really uh, center on God and just spend that time in thinking about God and not thinking about food. And
0: <laughs> <laughs> Although it's a good reminder when you're hungry to think of God. It is. Yeah.
1: It is uh, when when you're feeling hungry, to to turn my mind specifically to God and say, "Okay, I'm going to I'm going to give up this meal and I'm going to pray. I'm going to spend this time in prayer." Uh, it's not something that I've done um, very uh, religiously before at all. So I'm just I'm trying it out and I'm seeing how it goes.
0: That's great. That's really good. So we got one person sitting here investing in stuff getting coffee to facilitate one person removing to facilitate what about you josh
2: Me? well i gotta switch over to me the um i think for me it's um i can easily function with a lot of things like bombarding in in me sort of thing so like i sit i sit here now and i've got one two three four five different screens and i can split my focus onto all all of them yes it's not as effective as just one but i can multitask to my heart's extent i think for me what i've found is that in order to sit with um time with god is i have to shut off everything if if that makes sense so good i have to take like you know the headphones so you know even if it's just music you know and take that off even if it's in the car i'll turn the volume all the way way down and i'll just sit sit there in the silence um with no nice. distractions with the mm. you know with my brain only active on god and mm. prayer and in that not on anything else because i can easily just go on to the next thing that the next task the next thing that needs to happen um think 10 step ahead of of, uh, of myself where you know come back to the very first step and just just be there. And even if it's just, you know, a minute to two minutes. like um, Yeah, lovely.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Eliminating distraction is one of the best ways to hear God's voice, isn't it? Uh-huh. Um, there, there's a famous image that God's voice is like a silent whisper, you know, and how you're going to hear it with all the contesting sound. So that's fantastic. And really that's what we're each doing, isn't it? it, it what you've really uh, wrapped up there, Josh, is we're taking out, aspects of life so that we can focus on the aspect of god so that you can hear that whisper whether it's an input whether it's a push whether it's a prompt because that's how you take the next step and it's like a snowball that just starts to continue to drive isn't it so good
2: it's it's interesting because i um i would originally think i originally didn't quite understand the fasting side of prayer and fasting i always thought oh okay you're getting hungry, you know, like, and, and accepted it as what it was, but didn't necessarily think too hard on, on it all. um, until I realized it's the, um, the substitution part of what you do in that time, not doing that thing. Right. Um, that's the important, important
0: yeah. part. Mm. Yeah, so good.
1: And that, that does make me think about these nine disciples who were down here who'd missed out on going up into the mountain and having that incredible experience with Jesus and and then have the disappointment of not being able to heal this this young boy even though in the past they have healed and evil spirits have obeyed them and, you know, we hear that when Jesus sent them out. And um, so I, I wonder what was happening in the minds of those nine disciples you know why were they feeling that they had to prove themselves were they feeling um, discarded um, were they losing faith in God were they trying to do things on their own strength um, mm.
0: yeah. even were they depending on the presence of Jesus to do the miracles yeah uh, and what was the driving force behind why they were doing what they were doing. Mm. Um, it's a great question. Why don't we, we can actually um, go to maybe where Jesus heals it and particularly how they ask him, why couldn't we? Well, let's, let's read that again. It's actually verse 28. And uh, this is after Jesus heals the kid. Uh, and, and, and he actually started the, que- the disciples' question. They, they asked Jesus, and it's a really nice insight to this relationship that Jesus has with these disciples. He facilitates the space for time. He facilitates the space for them to actually be like, what did we do wrong? Uh, and, and Jesus just answers them in a really profound way. And, and so it says, after Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, why couldn't we drive why, or why could we not cast it out? And he said to them, this kind oh, can come out only through prayer. And some, some translations actually say prayer and fasting, which is why before it was a great segue. Uh, this kind can come out only through prayer and fasting. And I think if we're thinking about it, Jesus has just come down from the mountain. It's, it's just reflective of a life lived. And this is maybe, maybe I'm just speculating, I I can't guarantee this is right, but Jesus has got this life of continual routine of prayer, fasting, removing himself from people to be with the presence of the Father so that when it comes to a time like this, he, he can just enter into it and he can just step into it and just with the authority of who he is as God and as human, speak into this situation.
1: Yes, because he, he didn't, when he was with the boy, he didn't say, oh, okay, give me a five minutes. I've got to go pray. <laughs> yeah.
0: Time out. We're just going to go get a, go, make <laughs> ourselves go hungry. Fast.
1: <laughs> <laughs> he, he was ready to do it because he'd already had that prayer life, that connection, that, um, yeah, that connection with God that was so constant in mm. his life. Mm. And that's not necessarily constant in my life. Yeah,
0: mm. and, and it's a challenge, isn't it? Yeah.
2: And I I read this thing, which helped me understand more why they couldn't do it, uh, was uh, back in Mark 3, um, Jesus had already given the disciples the authority to cast out demons, right? Um, So the authority that Jesus had given them was effective only if executed by faith, but faith must be cultivated through spiritual discipline and devotion. This is totally dependent on God, is the remedy for many spiritual problems to be disappointed in yourself is to have trust in yourself and not have that trust in, in God, which is why then he says it is through prayer and then other translations, prayer and fasting is because that's not giving you the power, but it's giving it's it, because you're removing yourself and you're only solely giving it, um, the time within for God. You're becoming mm. closer to, to him, into yes. you know, his, his ideal.
1: Yes. Yes, and I think that there may have been. I mean, there's nothing in the scripture to say this, but just thinking as, as a, a human, and and as the experience of being left behind and wanting to prove, well, I'm a disciple. I'm going to prove myself. I'm going to heal this boy, and so it comes out of, you know, wanting to to make myself look good, not necessarily for the glory of God.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Like we're saying, continually reflects that, and I think that's something really awesome that you're saying there too, Josh. Is isn't prayer and fasting that gives you the ability to heal or it's not prayer and fasting that gives you ability to cast out demons and if you put it into translation to some practices maybe we do a bit more commonly now it's not coming to church that gives you spiritual life it's not it's not actually listening to worship music that gives you spiritual growth it's actually the truth that you get from those in those moments that that helps facilitate uh, but not actually doing those activities that does it, isn't
1: it? Yeah, that's right. And it's that connection with God and then those things flow out of that. So it's not, I'm going to do all these things, God, and you're going to fill me up. It's, yep. God, you fill me and so I will do yep. these things. And
0: he, he fills you to a point of overflowing, you know. Woo-hoo. Yeah, which is, <laughs> yeah, woo <woo-hoo. laughs> So he brings us to this place of overflowing to them which we continually are being filled up into. So as we come into moments where we're like, Lord, we need the power of you right here, right now to cast out this demon, to find a moment of healing, to give the right question, to have the movement of the spirit direct us in this scenario. Well, in that moment, because we have it so ingrained, like Jesus had it ingrained into his lifestyle, we're never caught half filled. We're never caught with a portion cup, you know, but actually, overwhelmingly just living and being filled with that life actually allowing us to be present in that moment yeah
2: mm. and it's through through faith and through god that we can cast out demons right it's not through my own self it's through, through no that's god. right that's right I'm sure that's the right. disciples were like i cast this out and nothing happened it's like you know i'm sure if they were to go back and do it again it was you know but you know through god they cast it out that you know maybe it would have actually worked or you know
0: in and through God, for the glory of God, yeah. nowhere in that is there myself, is there? <laughs> <laughs> it's never to bring fame or no, or for you to right. feel good about your work that you're doing or anything like that yeah, yeah,
1: absolutely yeah mm.
0: so as we're starting to wrap up what what are some is there some last minute thoughts that you just wish you know? There's some more because, as we said, and, and as we say most weeks, there's always more stuff that we wish we could talk about. What's, what's some last minute thoughts on this week that you, you'd like to just point out before we conclude?
1: I suppose a challenge for me is when Jesus said, Everything is possible for one who believes. Um, that, that's definitely a challenge for me. Uh, I would um, love to. Really experience that to have that that sense of belief and to to really understand that everything is possible, um, that God is not that I don't know that God is working everything out for the good of those who love Him, but to really appreciate that in the moment, in the moment where I'm expecting Him to do what I want, to actually be in the place where I am totally accepting that that everything is possible with God and that He is going to do. What is best in the situation, not the narrow view that I have.
0: That's great, yeah, fantastic. What about you, Josh? Me,
2: um, I think what I've been sitting on um, is has been the the unbelief part, um, yeah, mm. it, because to in order to cry out and help. You know, you know, to help in my unbelief, help me in my own unbelief, as the as the Father said, um, he needed to have been conscious about his own faith. Yes, you know, conscious about yeah. his own his own belief. With you know, someone who doesn't have that, they can't cry out and cry out and help or, yeah. or have un- understood Absolutely. their un- unbelief. So I think mm. for for me, it's it's being conscious about my own unbelief, but asking for that for that help and those. Um, those, 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 those tricky parts that are um, that I, I need I need God and faith to to work at, work in 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 my life. Yes, because I think yeah. also unbelief is, you know, it's 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 an interesting word because I can say I believe, but then to say I help me in my unbelief in yes. the bits that I struggle with. <laughs> mm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think is you know is what I, I've been reflecting over.
0: Yeah, that's so good. That's awesome, and I think for myself something that just stands out a lot is the lack of assumption that Jesus has in the people. You know, he, he's asking questions like, how long do I need to stay with you? You know, how like, how long shall I put up with you? <laughs> Bring the boy to me. Uh, he says, how long has the boy been like this? This is the God that knows everything. <laughs> but he's still asking these things, allowing facilitation for them to start to realize God. Yeah. Uh, if you can, you know. Yeah. Um, And so even just how He allows the disciples to ask the questions uh, and that lack of assumption is really something I need to take into my life uh, especially when trying to help other people engage with this sort of stuff or mm. or whether it's just to talk about it in general, not yeah. to assume that people yeah, know point. where I'm up to or what's happened with my revelations of God. Yeah. And in the same way, my revelations are going to be different to what they're going to have revealed to them. Yeah. Um, and so just that continual just humbling of the heart mm. to be able to say, there's something to learn, but there's also something to teach, but I need to just be standing back to find that spot. Mm which is fantastic. Mm, good. Um, mm. So let us, let's, let's just wrap up with another prayer. Kerry, would you mind praying for us as we close?
1: Yes. Oh, we, we thank you, Father. We thank you, Father, for your beautiful son, Jesus. We thank you for your word that gives us such life, such hope. And, and Lord, we, we pray that uh, you would answer that prayer, that, that you would help us in our unbelief. Lord, wherever we're unbelieving in you, we ask, Father, that right now you would come and just touch us and just show us the beauty of who you are, the grace you just, you just flow upon us and the empowering of the Holy Spirit that you want us to have, Lord God. I pray that for every part of our heart that is not quite given over to you, that you would just draw us into a place where we can completely surrender and say, yes, Lord, you are my Lord. And uh, help me, Lord, to live in the way that glorify you totally in Jesus' name. Amen.
0: Amen. So good. Well, thanks for joining us again this week. Uh, These Wednesday Deep Dives, the Sunday services, they're not the only things that we do as a church. So jump onto the other platforms that we have, uh, whether you're on Facebook now, join Instagram, the YouTube TikTok. TikTok. There's a TikTok even if you've got that. I had to download it for New Beginnings. Uh, But join on the other things that uh, we have. um, And that's uh, the services on at 10 o'clock every Sunday. Everything goes onto the YouTube channel. Uh, There's a Vimeo that you can go and join. Uh, And so… Be a part of that. The community is always growing and we're putting out heaps of content so you can be a part of and so we can encourage and support you in the the journey that we're going on together. Uh, Besides from that, it's been great to be with you all again today and we look forward to sharing again together in the not-so-distant future.
1: Amen.